0: Chapter thirty three of a house divided against itself. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A House Divided Against Itself by Margaret O. Oliphant. Chapter thirty three. Lady Markham received young Gaunt with the most gracious kindness had his mother seen him seated in the drawing-room at eaton square with francis hovering about him full of pleasure and questions and her mother insisting that he should stay to luncheon and markham's hansom just drawing up at the door she would have thought her boy on the highway to fortune the sweetness of the two ladies the happy eagerness of Frances, and lady markham's grace and graciousness had a soothing effect upon the young man he had been unwilling to come as he was unwilling to go anywhere at this crisis of his life but it soothed him and filled him with a sort of painful and bitter pleasure to be thus surrounded by all that was most familiar to constance by her mother and sister and all their questions about her these questions indeed it was hard upon him to be obliged to answer but yet that pain was the best thing that now remained to him he said to himself TO HEAR HER NAME AND ALL THOSE ALLUSIONS TO HER, TO BE IN THE ROOMS WHERE SHE HAD SPENT HER LIFE. ALL THIS GAVE FOOD TO HIS LONGING FANCY, AND wrung, YET SOOTHED HIS HEART. MY DEAR, YOU WILL WORRY CAPTAIN GAUNT WITH YOUR QUESTIONS, AND I DON'T KNOW THOSE GOOD PEOPLE, TAZIE AND THE REST. YOU MUST LET ME HAVE MY TURN NOW. TELL ME ABOUT MY DAUGHTER, CAPTAIN GAUNT. SHE IS NOT A VERY GOOD CORRESPONDENT. She gives few details of her life, and it must be so very different from life here. Does she seem to enjoy herself? Is she happy and bright? I have longed so much to see someone impartial whom I could ask. Impartial? If they only knew. She is always bright, he said with a suppressed passion, the meaning of which Frances divined suddenly, almost with a cry, with a start and thrill of sudden certainty which took away her breath. But for happy i cannot tell it is not good enough for her out there no thank you captain gaunt for appreciating my child i was afraid it was not much of a sphere for her what company has she is there anything going on Mamma said francis i told you there is never anything going on the young soldier shook his head there is no society except the Durants, and ourselves who are not interesting he said with a somewhat ghastly smile the Durants are the clergyman's family and yourselves i think she might have been worse off i am sure mrs gaunt has been kind to my wayward girl she said looking him in the face with that charming smile kind he cried as if the word were a profanation my mother is too happy to do anything but miss waring he added with a feeble smile has little need of any one she has so many resources she is so far above he got inarticulate here, and stumbled in his speech, growing very red. Frances watched him under her eyelids with a curious sensation of pain. He was very much in earnest, very sad, yet transported out of his languor and misery by Constance's name. Now Frances had heard of George Gaunt for years, and had unconsciously allowed her thoughts to dwell upon him, as had been mentioned in another part of this history. His arrival, had it not happened in the midst of other excitements, which preoccupied her, would have been one of the greatest excitements she had ever known. She remembered now that when it did happen, there had been a faint, almost imperceptible touch of disappointment in it, in the fact that his whole attention was given to Constance, and that for herself, Francis, he had no eyes. But in the moment of seeing him again, she had forgotten all that, and had gone back to her previous prepossession in his favor, and his mother's certainty that Francis and her George would be great friends now she understood with instant divination the whole course of affairs he had given his heart to constance and she had not prized the gift the discovery gave her an acute yet vague if that could be impression of pain it was she not constance that had been prepossessed in his favor had constance not been there no doubt she would have been thrown much into the society of george gaunt and who could tell what might have happened all this came before her like the sudden opening of a landscape hid by fog and mists her eyes swept over it and then it was gone and this was what never had been and never would be poor Con said lady markham she never was thrown on her own resources before has she so many of them it must be a curiously altered life for her when she has to fall back upon what you call her resources but <sighs> you think she is happy she asked with a sigh how could he answer the mere fact that she was constance seemed to gaunt a sort of paradise if she could make him happy by a look or a word by permitting him to be near her how was it possible that being herself she could be otherwise than blessed he was well enough aware that there was a flaw in his logic somewhere but his mind was not strong enough to perceive where that flaw was markham came in in time to save him from the difficulty of an answer markham did not recollect the young man whom he had only seen once but he hailed him with great friendliness and began to inquire into his occupations and engagements if you have nothing better to do you must come and dine with me at my club he said in the kindest way for which frances was very grateful to her brother and young gaunt for his part began to gather himself together a little the presence of a man roused him there is something, no doubt, seductive and relaxing in the fact of being surrounded by sympathetic women, ready to divine and to console. He had not braced himself to bear the pain of their questions, but somehow had felt a certain luxury in letting his despondency, his languor, and displeasure with life appear. I have to be here, he said to them, to see people, I believe. My father thinks it necessary, and I could not stay. That is, my people are leaving Bordighera." It becomes too hot to hold one, they say. But you would not feel that, coming from India. I came to get braced up, he said with a smile, as of self-ridicule, and made a little pause. I have not succeeded very well in that, he added presently. They think England will do me more good. I go back to India in a year, so that if I can be braced up, I should not lose any time. You should go to Scotland, Captain Gaunt. I don't mean at once, but as soon as you are tired of the season. That is the place to brace you up, or to switzerland if you like that better i do not much care he had said with another melancholy smile where i go the ladies tried every way they could think of to console him to give him a warmer interest in his life they told him that when he was feeling stronger his spirits would come back i know how one runs down when one feels out of sorts lady markham said you must let us try to amuse you a little captain gaunt but when markham appeared his softness came to an end george gaunt picked himself up and tried to look like a man of the world he had to see someone at the horse guards and he had some relations to call upon but he would be very glad he said to dine with lord markham it surprised frances that her mother did not appear to look with any pleasure on this engagement she even interposed in a way which was marked don't you think markham it would be better if captain gaunt and you dined with me frances is not half satisfied she has not asked half her questions she has the first right to an old friend gaunt is not going away to-morrow said markham besides if he's out of sorts he wants amusing don't you see and we are not capable of doing that francis do you hear very capable in your way but for a man when he's low ladies are dangerous that's my opinion and i've got a good deal of experience of low spirits markham <laughs> no but of ladies he said with a chuckle i shall take him somewhere afterwards to the play perhaps or somewhere amusing whereas you would talk to him all night and fan would ask him questions and keep him on the same level lady markham made a reply which to francis sounded very strange she said to the play perhaps in a doubtful tone looking at her son gaunt had been sitting looking on in the embarrassed and helpless way in which a man naturally regards a discussion over his own body as it were particularly if it is a conflict of kindness and glad to be delivered from this friendly duel turned to francis with some observation taking no heed of lady markham's remark but francis heard it with a confused premonition which she could not understand she could not understand and yet she saw markham shrug his shoulders in reply there was a slight color upon his face which ordinarily knew none what did they both mean but how elated would mrs gaunt have been how pleased the general had they seen their son at lady markham's luncheon table in the midst so to speak of the first society sir thomas came in to lunch as he had a way of doing and so did a gay young guardsman who was indeed naturally a little contemptuous of a man in the line yet civil to markham's friend these simple old people would have thought their George on the way to every advancement, and believed even the heartbreak which had procured him that honour well compensated. These were far from his own sentiments, yet to feel himself thus warmly received by her people, the object of so much kindness, which his deluded heart whispered must surely, surely, whatever she might intend, have been suggested at least by something she had said of him, was balm and healing to his wounds he looked at her mother and indeed lady markham was noted for her graciousness and for looking as if she meant to be the motherly friend of all who approached her with a sort of adoration to be the mother of constance and yet to speak to ordinary mortals with that smile as if she had no more to be proud of than they and what could it be that made her so kind not anything in him a poor soldier a poor soldier's son knowing nothing but the exotic society of india and its curious ways surely something which out of some relenting of the heart some pity or regret constance had said francis sat next to him at the table and there was a more subtle satisfaction still in speaking low aside to francis when he got a little confused with the general conversation that bewildering talk which was all made up of illusions he told her that he had brought a parcel from the palazzo and a box of flowers from the bungalow that his mother was very anxious to hear from her that they were going to switzerland no not coming home this year they have found a cheap place in which my mother delights he said with a faint smile he did not tell her that his coming home a little circumscribed their resources and that the month in town which they were so anxious he should have which in other circumstances he would have enjoyed so much but which now he cared nothing for nor for anything, was the reason why they had stopped halfway on their usual summer journey to England. Dear old people, they had done it for him. This was what he thought to himself, though he did not say it, for him, for whom nobody could now do anything. He did not say much, but as he looked in Frances's sympathetic eyes, he felt that, without saying a word to her, she must understand it all." Lady Markham made no remark about their visitor until after they had done their usual afternoon's work, as it was her habit to call it, their round of calls, to which she went in an exact succession, saying lightly, as she cut short each visit, that she could stay no longer, as she had so much to do. There was always a shop or two to go to, in addition to the calls, and almost always some benevolent errand, some home to visit, some hospital to call at something about the work of poor ladies or the salvation of poor girls all these were included along with the calls in the afternoon's work and it was not till they had returned home and were seated together at tea refreshing themselves after their labours that she mentioned young gaunt she then said after a minute's silence suddenly as if the subject had been long in her mind i wish markham had let that young man alone i wish he had left him to you and me "'Francis started a little, and felt with great self-indignation and distress that she blushed, "'though why she could not tell. "'She looked up, wondering, and said, "'Markham, I thought it was so very kind. "'Yes, my dear, I believe he means to be kind. "'Oh, I am sure he does, for he could have no interest in George Gaunt, not for himself. "'I thought it was perhaps for my sake, because he was—because he was the son of—such a friend.' Were they so good to you, Francis, and no doubt to Con too? I am sure of it, Mamma. Poor people," said Lady Markham. "And this is the reward they get. Con has been experimenting on that poor boy. What do I mean by experimenting? You know well enough what I mean, Francis. I suppose he was the only man at hand, and she has been amusing herself. He has been dangling about her constantly. I have no doubt, and she has made him believe. "'that she liked it as well as he did. "'And then he has made a declaration, "'and there has been a scene. "'I am sorry to say I need no evidence in this case. "'I know all about it. "'And now, Markham. "'Poor people, I say. "'It would have been well for them "'if they had never seen one of our race. "'Mama,' cried Francis with a little indignation, "'I feel sure you are misjudging Constance. "'Why should she do anything so cruel?' Papa used to say that one must have a motive. He said so? I wonder if he could tell what motives were his when... Forgive me, my dear. We will not discuss your father. As for Con, her motives are clear enough. Amusement. Now, my dear, don't. I know you were going to ask me, with your innocent face, what amusement it could possibly be to break that young man's heart. The greatest in the world, my love. We need not mince matters between ourselves. There is nothing that diverts Con so much, and many other women. You think it is terrible. But it is true. I think you must be mistaken, said Frances, pale and troubled, with a little gasp as for breath. But, she went on, supposing even that you were right about Con. what could Markham do? Lady Markham looked at her very gravely. He has asked this poor young fellow to dinner she said frances could scarcely restrain a laugh which was half hysterical that does not seem very tragic she said oh no it does not seem very tragic poor people poor poor people said lady markham shaking her head and there was no more for a visitor appeared one of a little circle of ladies who came in and out every day intimates who rushed upstairs and into the room without being announced always with something to say about the home or the hospital or the reformatory or the poor ladies or the endangered girls there was always a great deal to talk over about these institutions which formed an important part of the work which all these ladies had to do frances withdrew to a little distance so as not to embarrass her mother and her friend who were discussing cases for one of those refuges of suffering humanity and were more comfortable when she was out of hearing Francis knitted and thought of home, not this bewildering version of it, but the quiet of the idle village life, where there was no work, but where all were neighbors, lending a kindly hand to each other in trouble, and where the tranquil days flew by, she knew not how. She thought of this with a momentary, oft-recurring secret protest against this other life, of which, as was natural, she saw the evil more clearly than the good and then with a bound her thoughts returned to the extraordinary question to which her mother had made so extraordinary a reply what could markham do he has asked the poor young fellow to dinner even now in the midst of the painful confusion of her mind she almost laughed asked him to dinner how would that harm him at markham's club there would be no poisonous dishes nothing that would slay what harm could it do to george gaunt to dine with markham she asked herself the question again and again but could find no reply when she turned to the other side and thought of constance the blood rushed to her head with a feverish angry pang was that also true but in this case Frances, like her mother felt that no doubt was possible in this respect she had been able to understand what her mother said to her her heart bled for the poor people whom Lady Markham compassionated without knowing them, and wondered how Mrs. Gaunt would bear the sight of the girl who had been cruel to her son. All that with agitation and trouble she could believe, but Markham? What could Markham do? She was going to the play with her mother that evening, which was to Frances, fresh to every real enjoyment, one of the greatest of pleasures. But she did not enjoy it that night lady markham paid little attention to the play she studied the people as they went and came which was a usual weakness of hers much wondered at and deplored by francis to whom the stage was the center of attraction but on this occasion lady markham was more distrait than ever leveling her glasses at every new group that appeared in the recesses between the acts the restless crowd which is always in motion her face when she removed the glass from it was anxious and almost unhappy. "'Francis,' she said, in one of these pauses, "'your eyes must be sharper than mine. "'Try if you can see Markham anywhere.' "'Here is Markham,' said her son, opening the door of the box. "'What does the mother want with me, Fan?' "'Oh, you are here,' Lady Markham cried, "'leaning back in her chair with a sigh of relief. "'And Captain Gaunt, too.' <laughs> "'Quite safe and out of the way of mischief,' said Markham with a chuckle, "'which brought the color to his mother's cheek.' End of chapter 33 Recording by Cat Andrews